What's up, legends? Welcome back to another episode of the Thriving in Fatherhood podcast. My name is Talia O'Connor. I'm the host and creator of the show. And today I have got a solo cast for you, diving into a few different topics uh, that I'm really excited to get into. There are three topics that I have found to be incredibly important and valuable to explore. And when I've shared posts about them on Instagram, they have been received incredibly well and shared hundreds of times. And so I'm just going to use today's podcast, today's solo transmission to explore a few of these ideas uh, in a bit more detail, in a bit more depth. So firstly, a little bit of an update because it has been a minute and life has been full, beautifully full. And I'm sure that uh, you can relate in, in your own way. And uh, yeah, we've just had lots going on on the work front, the family front, the home front. And it's been amazing. We're really enjoying the winter, the sunny, predominantly sunny blue sky winter here on the sunny coast. And uh, yeah, Rafi is oh, turned two on the 2nd of May. And so he's uh, well and truly entering toddlerhood and all the joys that uh that come that come with that all the joys and the challenges so uh something definitely happened when he turned to and i'm um, i'm curious to hear uh, other parents perspectives on this but i definitely felt a shift in myself in in rafi in cat in all of us when rafi turned two it was almost like postpartum finished at two <laughs> i thought it finished at the end of the fourth trimester uh, but yeah, I feel like there was a significant shift for us as a, as a family unit uh, when Rafi turned to. And uh, it just had me reflecting, had me reflecting on a few different aspects of fatherhood, of parenthood, uh, and the transition that it is. And it's really, obviously birth and the birth experience is a really profound initiation experience but that transition i feel like the transition into parenthood is like a three-year transition from sort of conception or just before that to um yeah to that two-year mark and something definitely shifted and uh yeah for us personally it's been a real fruitful time these last few months and then part of that is one of the topics that I want to speak to is is curating the village around you as, as new parents and the importance of that. Um, so let's just dive in, actually. Let's dive in. The first thing that, uh, the first topic that I want to speak to is the intimacy drift in parenthood. So I shared a post about this a couple of weeks back and, um, yeah, it was shared hundreds and hundreds of times and clearly resonated with a lot of people. And so I just want to speak to it, speak to it a little bit more, share my personal experience with it and uh, just start to normalize the conversation around it because I feel like normalizing the conversation around it is the first step in, in creating a pathway through it and then starting to redefine and choose a, a new normal um, because the drift is real, you know what I mean? It's like it's such a significant change on all levels physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, practically. Uh, there's change on every single level of our life and being. And so 
as part of that, obviously, the way we relate and the way we connect intimately in our relationship is going to shift as well. And so what I have noticed in the many, many conversations I've had with fathers and parents and what I noticed from my own experience is that shift can just become a drift if we're not conscious of it. And I feel like the drift is normal and natural and important and necessary because for things to evolve in the way we relate intimately, then there needs to be almost like a dissolving of what was and and a space created. And so this looks so different. Like every single person I've spoken to, yeah, there might be some similar threads, but it can be so different depending on um, how the birth went physically, um, depending on what's happening mentally and emotionally, depending on health and vitality, depending on the level of support that we've got. Like, um, It's just it's such a, a significant shift and so much of uh, the mother's life force energy and uh, intimate energy uh, gets channeled into uh, bubs. You know what I mean? And, and it's and rightly so. And so just normalizing that and creating conversation around that, I think is the first step is obviously depending on where you're at in your journey before baby's here, having conversations around, yeah, what intimacy might look like, what sex might look like. And uh, just getting clear on that and allowing that to be an ongoing conversation because that is the, we know in life, the only certain thing is change. And in early parenthood, that happens very, 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 very quickly. You know what I mean? From week to week, from day to day, it's like, oh, wow, this little being is different and therefore our life is different. And so um, being open to how we connect intimately, evolving with that, I feel like is very, very important. And the first step is uh, having the space to communicate about it. So that's the first thing, is normalizing that within the relationship if it's not already there, and then within your friendships and your circles and your support network as well. Because often molehills become mountains when we can't, air them out and we can't just share and more often than not just sharing what's going on and how we're feeling about it can uh, neutralize a lot of the charge around it so it doesn't turn into something that it's not and resentments don't build and all of these things just they can really escalate far beyond the point that they need to simply because they're not being spoken about named and acknowledged and so that's the first thing and the, the second thing I would offer, and this is just in general, like parenthood and children aside, is reflect on the stories that you have around sex and intimacy. And by stories, I mean blueprints, like what does sex mean for you? What does intimacy mean for you? And expanding our definition and experience of what intimacy and sex can look like uh, is really, really empowering for everyone involved because then it doesn't become 
this binary thing either we do it or we don't and and you can start to expand i guess you're giving yourself more options because if only one thing penetrative sex is intimacy then if that isn't available for whatever reason then there's no intimate connection if that's the only tool in the tool belt so to speak so expanding um the definition and the library, the catalog of things that we can draw on for building and cultivating that um, that connection is, is really important. And the other thing that I feel like this transition into parenthood provides the opportunity for is reflecting on our relationship that we have with ourselves intimately and sexually, our own sexual energy, our own intimacy because more often than not we come into relationship and we kind of just outsource that to our partner and we only get it from our partner and when that's not available if that's the only place where we're sourcing that nourishment that connection that feeling of intimacy then we're that's a little big cross to carry for our partner especially you know if our partner is breastfeeding and is has, has a little being on them more often than they don't. Sometimes, and this isn't always the case, but sometimes that can lead to uh, the mother being, what they, they call it, touched out, just like over-touched. And so if you've had a little baby on you all day and then you just need some fucking space and then you have a partner that's wanting to connect sexually, sometimes that can feel like the most lab- laborious thing in the world. And so... Just having awareness around that is is really important and communicating about that both ways and like, okay, being willing to shift and change when, when those things shift and change. And so taking the opportunity to reflect on, and like I said, uh, deepen our connection with ourselves first and foremost and then bringing that to our partners bringing that to the relationship rather than seeking to extract it from when we can build up that connection in ourselves then we can it's almost like we can offer it as a gift rather than go to look to receive it right and it doesn't mean that we don't receive it and there's space for that we like there's there's space for all of it but i just feel like there's so much gold available when we can press pause take a breath redefine and then consciously choose how we want to engage Um, and in my experience when we do this there is so much more depth so much more connection so much more intimacy available and i feel like yeah that drift how we relate to it is is really important because it can become the thing do you know what i mean like the the statistics around relationship dissatisfaction after first child, um, the statistics around separation after first child are not amazing. And a huge contributor to that is this, is this drift in intimacy. And there's this expectation sometimes, unless we check ourselves, that things go back to the way they were. And there aren't many things that I can say with full certainty i don't like absolutes but i can pretty certainly say things are not going to go back to the way they were they can't right they can't and then so 
Once we can let go of that, then we open ourselves up to how things could be, right? So I feel like those two things are alone. So opening up communication about it um, and use this, use this podcast. Maybe both of you listen to this podcast just to spark some conversation around it. What does intimacy look like? What, what, are, what are needs that I have? How can I start to meet some of those needs? How can we start to meet some of these needs together? How can we help each other to have those needs met mutually, right? Same team, because it can very much turn into me, you, um, that me, you dynamic, and that just n- nobody wins, right? Nobody wins. So opening up the space to communicate about it and then redefining and choosing what what that looks like what does intimacy look like how can we start to build this the love tank i call it how can we start to make deposits into that and start to build that back up um yeah yeah i'm gonna leave it at that so the intimacy drift in parenthood let's name it let's speak about it um and let's work towards making it a beautiful part of this transition and and rather than just being the intimacy drift it becomes the intimacy shift and that can take time right Kat and I only in the last three months have really found a a new level of depth and juiciness in our connection in that way and that's sort of two years in right and so there's been bits and pieces as we go and there's been communication the whole way along and that has been our saving grace. Like we've always just communicated really well and have really solid foundations. Um, but when you're co-sleeping with a baby and, and all of these things are choices, right? And they, um, it can be easy to start to feel like a victim to your choices and so reminding reminding ourselves that we are choosing all of it is a really really powerful part of it um but yeah kat and i have really just found our stride and found a new level of depth um we sort of did actually pretty early on after when we're still in the baby bubble in that that first trimester i think sort of from six to eight weeks onwards and then the busyness of life and parenting and all of the things kind of took over and then and it, it, intimacy kind of got pushed to the back seat a little bit. And just recently, we made the intentional choice to bring it back to the front seat and prioritize it. And interestingly enough, it is part of our baby prep for number two, is preparing our relationship to go through that transition again. We, we know that we need to be on fire. We need to be so connected and so loved up and so have that flowing in our relationship because we know that things might drift again after number two and so part of our baby prep has been that intentionally focusing on curating that connection and it's incredible what what happens when we make it a primary intention and so baby prep for us this time around is more so that relationally and obviously physically and doing those things, but to be honest, that isn't as much of as a priority. Whereas the first time around, that was the main focus. And so with that, 
sometimes we don't want to focus on the intimacy because the gap is we don't want to talk about it because we're not stoked with how it's going and we're like fuck is it better to just leave it you know leave it unsaid for a little while um which is fair enough i get it fully and unless we focus on it and and move through those what can be uncomfortable conversations um unless we can lovingly do that it won't it won't shift right it won't shift and that's that's just again my two cents but with the busyness of life and work and parenting and this and that whatever we don't prioritize kind of does get swept to the side and so actively choosing to prioritize it or acknowledge that you're in a season where it's not being prioritized and that's okay and let's continue to talk about it and let's revisit it okay for the next month this is actually what needs prioritizing something else our physical health let's just go all in on that get our energy levels up and then let's revisit it next month whatever it is there's no good bad right or wrong but it's just naming it talking about it so that it doesn't become this elephant in the room so to speak so i hope that's helpful i hope that's helpful and it, and it leads me on to the second point that i want to talk about and that is this idea of the village it takes a village to raise a child it also takes a village to hold a couple and in this day and age unless we are actively cultivating and curating a village-esque way of living then it's going to be a struggle it's going to there's going to be challenges right like yeah i firmly believe we are not designed to just parent in our little nuclear family bubbles in our little homes alone it's like it feels so unnatural um when we had Rafi, i can remember i can remember thinking like what the fuck like how how has society got to this point where this is this is how it is predominantly being done like this feels so counterintuitive and so wrong and with on that note though like i, I don't believe things are going to go quote unquote back to the way they were like I, I don't feel like that should or will happen and so that brings us to the exciting understanding that we get to create and we get to choose what it looks like and again what does it look like for this season right often we can put pressure on it being whatever it is forever and and which makes it a bigger undertaking than it actually is whereas if we just bring it back and it's like how can i bring in more of a village feeling more of community support more connection more parenting in community parenting with others how can i do that in the next three months and how can i make it feel like there's 20 percent more support rather than this utopia vision of living on land and all of this stuff and don't get me wrong like cool that's where we're heading if, if you want to go there and that's a longer term vision but it's not that or nothing and so how can we start to call in that village and that is something that Kat and I did. We, for the last four, four months now, have had Kat's brother, um, Flynn, and his girlfriend, Jenna, living with us. Um, and they help out with Rafi. And yeah, we've got a beautiful exchange happening there. And 
it's just given us a taste of the power of more of that village uh, village feeling, more of that, you know, having the aunties and the uncles close by, more of that feeling, um, more so than we, we more so than we ever have. And I don't feel like it's a coincidence that that has created the space for us to focus on us and our intimacy and connection more and given us more breathing room. Um, and so that's how we have done it for this season and Flynn and Jenna leave in August. So how we curate our village will then look different, right? And that's okay. And so I guess the invitation is, again, prioritize it. It's kind of like treating it like a business and we can spend all this time working in the business, in the home. But what can be really powerful is we just take a step back, zoom out, and start to work on the business. It's like, oh, what are some things that I could change out here? Some high level things that I could implement, that I could bring in, that we could shift about how we live our life that would have a trickle down effect on everything else. And that to me is putting a little bit of our intention and a little bit of our energy into curating the environment that our family operates in. The waters that we swim in will dictate our well-being more than anything else. And so what are the waters that your family is swimming in? What support, what connections is there? And how can we expand that and cultivate that 10, 20% more in the next month, two months, three months? And so the village, quote unquote, isn't going to just one day be there. It is going to slowly evolve as we start to choose it and it's going to shift and change that this is again this is all just my personal take on these things but it's going to shift and change and the attachment to the utopia version of it uh, i feel can be a, a limiter and so it's like holding that longer term vision and then what's the next step right how can we start to bring that in now this community online, beautiful, okay, and then how can I start to bring that into my community offline, um, or vice versa, right? It can look a million different ways. And so just owning your power as a creator and understanding that I know life gets busy and the squeaky wheels get the oil, but taking time to breathe and zoom out and start to be intentional about this as a team um, is extremely powerful. Because, and I've probably shared it on most podcasts because it's my favorite quote, but it is not the load that breaks us down. It's the way in which we carry it. And if we're trying to carry the load of parenthood by ourselves, it will slowly break us down over time. And going back to the original point that we kicked this off with, the first breaking point is more often than not intimacy within relationship. And so it's all... It's all connected. And that kind of brings me to my the final point, the third point that I wanted to discuss today. And that is the art of selfless selfishness. And so what I mean by this is choosing ourselves. And I'm just gonna, I'm, this applies to all humans, um, but I wanna speak specifically to men because I see this a lot in the guys that step into the IMLP, the Integrated Masculine Leadership Program, 
And a huge part of the reason the guys have such transformational experiences is they get permission and the support and the structures to choose themselves, to put themselves back at the center of their lives in the most selfless way possible. Because when, and it starts before baby's born, when we find out that the baby's on the way, most men that I speak to just go into like, sometimes in a triggered survival strategy way into provider mode. And then it's like, okay, how can I just get stuff done? How can I provide? How can I make money? How can I do the thing? And uh, it's often just at the sacrifice of themselves. And again, women do this maybe even more so than men, but I want to speak to men right now. And the main thing with this is that it's got an expiry date. That as valiant as it might be, that self-sacrifice, complete and utter, where we start to lose ourselves, that has an expiry date. And if we want to lead for the long term, that isn't going to work. Because the end result of that is your kids having a father that doesn't have a sparkle in his eye, right? And your kids don't want that. Your partner doesn't want that. And so herein lies the art of selfless selfishness and being willing to choose ourselves, understand what our needs are, acknowledge them, right? Acknowledge them and start to prioritize our own self-care, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, especially emotionally and spiritually, I find. The physical stuff is kind of the more obvious stuff, even though that does get pushed to the side. But emotionally and spiritually, are you tending to yourself? Because without kids in the picture, I mean, relationships can be challenging enough, but it's it's we can kind of push that stuff to the side. But when we're starting to carry the load of fatherhood, uh, if we are not tending to ourselves and regulating our emotions and expanding our capacity to do so, it's only a matter of time until we completely shut down and disconnect or explode. And that can just go in waves. And so prioritizing the self, um, it's the best ROI you're going to get for anything ever. And Again, bringing it in and communicating it and acknowledging the seasons and uh, discussing the dosage of what that self-care looks like and, and how it can fit in is obviously going to be, it's going to shift and change, right? Depending on the season that you're in. But just knowing that and until you get good at that, until you get good at acknowledging what you need um, and then being able to communicate that effectively and put things in place so that those needs are being met. If we don't do that intentionally, it's only a matter of time before we become a liability. And to be honest, it can be felt like our partners can feel it. If, if we're, uh, if that self-sacrificing isn't balanced with some sort of self-care and resentment builds right resentment builds whether it happens today this week this month this year next year whatever it may be 
Like we want to start to put things in place to set ourselves up for the long term, for the long haul. Um, yeah, because it's wild. It's a jungle out there. And I don't see things slowing down, things getting less stressful. So then the only option really is to expand our capacity to be with that. And that requires that we prioritize some sort of selfless selfishness, I call it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope this was helpful. I'm definitely going to be dropping in with some more of these solo casts. I've got some awesome guests, a few repeat guests, a few, a few crowd favorites coming back on the podcast soon. Um, but I would love to hear what landed for you from this. Send me a DM on Instagram at Tully O'Connor. Um, yeah, share this podcast with someone in your life. Um, listen to it with your partner and discuss these points. You know what I mean? Like there's no one size fits all answer to any of this stuff. Um, but communication and airing it out with your partner, with your close friends, whatever it may be, with your circle, uh, is more beneficial than we can fathom. So with that, big love from me to you. As always, I'm in your corner and I will speak to you very soon.